welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. There you go, Dan. You got it right. <laughs> Holy smokes. That's why you have to put your stuff in English on the piece of paper. Yeah, he had to read his notes for that. It's the 51st episode. You haven't got that down yet? Well, actually, I was reading the notes, and none of them made sense. It says, <laughs> put lights in Eskimo ice house. Get big buddy heater ready. Seats. Find nice ice cleats. I'm like, wait, wait. And then I just blanked Your brain jammed. I went yeah, right jammed. to the next season. It happens. Hey, John. Hi, Dan. How's it going? Good. Hey, Good. it's kind of like getting like regular, like it's back to normal. This is, uh, what, two weeks since the last episode? Yeah. Who it's kind of like we're going to do them every two weeks this year. Yeah, if we can, if Tom can fit us around his schedule. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's all me. <laughs> it is. I'm, I mean, it's not not you. Yeah. It's not It's not us. It's you. Next, next Friday? I'm in. Oh, I got football. You yeah, said we yeah. always have football. I can do it after, though. But anyway. Uh, Speaking of that, we have a super special guest, Jason Rylander. Um, Jason, I don't know how you want to be introduced. The eel pout king of Bemidji or the the guide of the north. or I don't, I don't know how you want yeah, to be These are killing I'm, names. I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> about advanced amateur fishermen. I like it. Advanced amateur fishermen would be awesome. That's very good. Yeah, that's what I like. Everybody's always like, oh, you get to fish for a living? And I'm like, well, kind of like part-time I make some money at it. So you're like a pro? And I'm like, no, I'm an advanced amateur. It's not quite a pro because you you can't quit the regular job. Undersell, over-deliver. If you get paid for it, you're a pro. That's what I have to say. So we're professional podcasters? Yes. Wow. Yes, we are. Danny Danny also just drank our profits. <laughs> hey, Charlie brought these. One. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we have another guest. Oh, we have another guest. Sorry, we, we forgot about somebody in studio. We have Charlie. Hey, how's it so, going? What's up, Charlie? What's up, Charlie? Charlie's my longtime fishing buddy. Charlie's, uh, Charlie's here, long for he the was, ride. He came here to listen, and now he's talking. That's right. We're glad to have you on. Thanks for the beer, Charlie. But if you're going to talk, pull that microphone a little closer. Yeah, talk, talk. Oh, for, hey. Oh, hi. There, 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 there we go. You need to hear that voice. So, Jason, it is what we're in first week of September, the day after Labor Day. We are getting prepared. Well, kids are in school now. So for me, that uh, kind of a big signal to start thinking about hunting versus fishing. I know a lot of people still like fall fishing, and I get it. I understand. But hunting for me kind of takes a little precedence over that right now. Yeah, that's especially as my boys have gotten older, they both seem to really enjoy shooting stuff. So uh, hunting is definitely taking a a precedence, and, and I'm, I've missed out on a little bit of the fall fishing that I used to do. But I'm uh, I'm really really happy about that actually. Yeah. So I mean, how how old are your boys again? Because are they both like I know legal hunting age? Yep, so Rivers is, uh, he's going to turn 13 here in just a couple of weeks, going into seventh grade. And then my youngest, Cove, turned 10 this past winter, so he gets to do that. It'll be his first year of that youth deer hunt. And in fact, I think Saturday, him and I are going to go purchase his first deer rifle. Oh, what what caliber are you getting them? Because I know there's always the big caliber debate and everything. Um, well, I wouldn't do it because I bought... Rivers a six five Creedmoor. I'm going to buy your Cove a six five Creedmoor because then way Dad only has to buy one kind of bullets. That's a good choice. That, that's a good choice. And six five Creedmoor, I can't actually think of a better light kicking, hard hitting round out there right now. I know it's right. kind, of, kind of taken the world by storm, but ballistically, you know, 
I mean, yes, there are better calibers ballistically, but as far as a balance and then also a, I can go pick this up at any gas station or, you know, Reed Sporting Goods or Shields. They at least have Minnesota. a they at least have a skew tag for it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there, sure if there'll be boxes there. But. There's a hope for finding it versus oh, I got a, a 25 odd six. It's like yeah, yeah, they make it sometimes, once in a while, a couple times a year. Yeah, exactly. I figured it's a good, good all around gun for their first rifle. And uh, where we hunt up in northern Minnesota, um, at some point they're probably going to want to get a little something with a little more. Uh, to it to get through the brush but i figured this for them for the first few years anyway it's a, a great starting rifle for them so what kind of rifle are you looking at that's always my debate i bought my son his first shotgun last year got him a 410 um just for single shot just for bringing around the woods and, and kind of just getting a feel of how things recoil um what what kind of rifle are you like bolt i would assume bolt action or single shot yeah, likely likely a bolt. Uh, that's what, I've got rivers that Savage Axis. It's just you know it's not flashy or expensive because this is their first gun they're getting from dad. They they want to spend money and in the future they can do it themselves. But uh, uh, the bolt is it's a good. One. I mean I'm trying to preach you should only need one shot to kill a deer, right? Should um, if you've ever been hunting in Minnesota, I think other people would disagree with you, and they like to thump four or five rounds into deer right well we're where we hunt it's uh usually a pretty tight opportunity you've got usually one shot and by that time you're not gonna be able to see the deer and it's gone you know we're hunting on the big woods of of way northern minnesota so it's usually a fair, not a very far shot but uh you know you hope that deer pauses in the shooting lane what what area in northern minnesota we're up by Little Fork, between Little Fork and Cabotogama. Oh, so you're way, you're a ways up from yeah. even you are. Okay. Yep. Yep. We've got a uh, Rivers shot a deer up there last fall. He was the first of the uh, fourth generation up there. My grandpa started going up there in the early fifties. That's awesome. Get, That's awesome. Yeah. Do you guys? I mean, you guys have. I'm assuming hard sided stands, and it's a pretty nice setup for you guys. Oh, yeah, some guys do. Um, we've got a few flashy stands. Um, a lot of times they'll, they'll they'll log an area, so we'll just put up a ladder stand or do some sort of, like, portable thing because you've got, what, two, three years to hunt that slashing before it's grown up too much. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Some of those cleared fields are amazing for the, just around the edges. There's so many deer that pop out of there. It's... It's pretty incredible. That's where my last year, my son and I hunted pretty, pretty hard at one logging area. Ended up, you know, traveling about twenty miles over the course of two days, just walking and, and driving and stuff the whole time. But saw quite a few deer. Just never got a good shot on one. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's where Rivers and I hunted. We drug. Uh, we've got some kind of ground stands. Don't look like little fish houses. They're, this was their four by four, five by five. Uh, hard-sided things on skids. We just pull them out with the side-by-sides and plopped it up on a high spot where we could see see ways in that fresh slashing. And right away opening morning, the uh, big doe came out by herself. I don't know if she was dried up or wolves got her fawns or what, but uh, as, as she 
you know, we watched her for quite a while and she got closer and Rivers is like, it's pretty, uh, just the first morning, dad, I think I'm going to pass. And I'm like, nope, you're not, you're going to kill that deer <laughs> up here. You might not see one for 15 years. So, uh, <laughs> let's do this, get, get ready and pull the trigger. And I was super happy he did made a nice, nice clean shot and a real nice big doe. And a little bit later I went out and shot a deer and that same morning and yeah, Kim and I were the only two that got, got deer in camp this last year. So, Well, and I think that's a, something to be said differently, if it, especially if it's a youth hunt or a kid hunting. Just let them shoot whatever and don't, uh, don't be too overly picky because, you know, you want that experience to be good and you know, maybe not a, a five-day deer stand sit because that could be pretty awful for a young kid. Right. I really like that youth season that they've got in October for the kids. Um, we were able to do that last fall, and he was able to harvest a doe down at my mom's uh, near that Fergus Falls, Alexandria area on her property. Um, and it was nice because we didn't have to burn up his tag. They all, the youth hunt coincided with an early season answer, antlerless hunt that they had going on there with chronic wasted disease area or whatever, you know, so... You know, we could have, between my brother and I and the two boys, we could have harvested 20 does. Jeez. Obviously, obviously we didn't. So he, he harvested a doe of that, and we used an antlers tag for that. And then so he still had his regular license and then was able to come up to deer camp and, and experience uh, deer camp for the first time. So that youth hunt, I'm kind of curious. You have to be 10. Is that the rules? I think it's yeah. nine, isn't is it? Is it nine? I think it's 10. I think it's 10 to 12. Yeah. And that's no, <clears throat> they have to be in the stand with you, right? Or yeah. it, with it, they have to be within your, you have to be supervising them, right? Right, right. Yeah, they they have to be with a, with an adult. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be your kid. So this fall will be fun. I've got, I'll have both boys out in the woods this fall with me. And I've already got, two or three guys up here on Bemidji that are like, Oh, you bring the boys out. They can hunt to my property. Or if, if the boys are hunting, you can come out to our property. There's a couple of older guys that have some nice chunks of land and they just, they're excited that my, you know, that youth are getting into the, into the sport. They like to see that. So, well, yeah. Cause that's the future of the sport, right? If, if our generation exactly. stops hunting, there, right. there will be no more deer hunting left. I don't think a lot of people just jump into it and say, Hey, I'm going to go deer hunting today. It's usually yeah, a, yeah. a tradition type sport, or uh, yeah. or a fall of civilization type sport. Right, <laughs> <laughs> there is that too. Right. So, Jason, what's your favorite memory with your kids deer hunting? I mean, or actually, I should say hunting because you guys hunt other stuff too. It's not just de- you don't get ready for deer. I'm assuming you guys hunt grouse and. Yep, um, we do grouse and turkeys. Uh, Rivers has shot a couple of turkeys. Cove just kind of started last spring, but oh, that's far and away my favorite memory is uh, is Rivers last fall getting that deer up at deer camp. That's uh, with just the history and the tradition, and and with me losing my dad here fairly, you know, just a couple of years ago, you know, you know the thoughts of him flooded when I when once 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 Rivers pulled the trigger and. And pretty emotional moment for me uh, that I, I know I'll never forget. Yeah, hunting in the outdoors does, I mean, I know a lot of people don't realize it 
pulls a lot of emotions out of people that are probably not, uh, or at least for guys, probably deep seated and well, well, uh, buried. So Jason, how do you get, uh, how are you getting ready for your kids? I mean, as far as gear goes and stuff, how do you make their experience uh, enjoyable? Because um, that's what I'm going to struggle with this year. Last year it was real warm when we, we hunted. It was in the 40s. I'm assuming this year will not be just by the weather patterns already starting. Is there any advice you right. have? I mean, my kid's eight, so he's he's still just uh, sitting and watching and and uh, not really. not really. Is he being quiet, though? Uh, my kid doesn't say a word for like three hours, wow. which is oh. the, wow. it, probably the only time he stops talking is when he's in the woods that's a bonus right there yeah i mean we we hunted no joke from like six in the morning until 11 in the morning both days and then we'd go out at three in the afternoon and hunt till uh dusk every day and he never never said a peep and he'd sit still and wouldn't fidget and all that stuff no it's the only time he's he sits still it's like there's so much stuff going on and he sits there and he gets like ultra quiet and actually listens my wife did she's like no way he stopped talking I'm like he does it's supposed to be something with the woods it's like he is that's where his brain is at peace that's cool that's well we'll see cool. that we'll see this year you know <laughs> that was last year you never know what it, if he's going to be in the woods making a ruckus or something like that no, it's, it's hard to sit still it's hard to be quiet it's hard for an adult to sit still i, I mean i plug in a, a an earbud here and there oh i do too Last year, that was my son and I. We both shared a, a set of wireless uh, Bluetooth earphones and listened to Harry Potter, one in one ear and one in the other. It was great. Oh, I just take naps. Yeah, naps are also a huge bonus. <laughs> I remember waking my dad up a few times in the stand. Hey, I think there's a deer over there. No. Was your dad say, "No, just leave him alone"? No, like, like, Shoot like, it. It's all right. I'll be fine. Shoot. Well, I guess that was before we before we were hunting. I suppose out. Yeah, yeah, I never woke him up when I had a gun. Now it's no matter what you see in the woods. He's like, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> it's like, Dad still has spots. Shoot it. We need venison. <laughs> yeah, with beef prices on the rise, it's a, it's a different conversation in my house. How, yeah. is the, how is the herd for you guys up there, Jason? Is it pretty sparse? Um, yeah, up, up at the shack up there, it is. Uh, population's not great. Um, it's the, the road, the logging road, you know, it's not a township road. It's not a County road. It's a natural logging, you know, the, the, was it forest capital? I don't even remember who owns the, owns the woods there, the, the logging facility. But, uh, anyway, our cabin is basically sitting on the border of two different areas. So, and we hunt kind of both sides of the road, north or side of the road and south side of the road. The south side of the road is zone, I can't even remember off the top of my head. Let's call it 108. I'm not sure. Um, that area has, they've given out 25 doe tags this year for the whole area. That's not, that's, that's not very many. Nope. And then the north side of the road, which actually is the same, that area then kind of borders the city of International Falls. And kind of cuts over towards cab. Um, there's 500 doe permits in that area. So obviously the eight guys we have at camp, we're all applying for doe tags uh, 
for that north side. Because we're, I mean, we're not, I mean, everybody wants to shoot a giant buck, but we're not up there like, you know, if I see an eight pointer, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to let that thing go. And next year I'm going to shoot it when it's 12 or whatever, because to be quite honest, you're probably not going to see that deer again. It's just hunting that big woods like that. It's just a different, uh, totally different animal, totally different kind of hunt up there. So we're, we're often just hunting for meat. You know, it's the tradition of deer camp and it's, and it's meat hunting and it's, it's enjoyable because I love venison and so do my kids. So, yeah, but yeah, I, the, I don't, hunt, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah. The population's definitely down and, uh, the wolf population is definitely healthy. Put it put it that way. Are they actively logging while you're hunting? No, not. Well, I suppose they they could be. I mean, most of the loggers deer hunt too, so they're not. They don't want to work. I mean, they're not working opening a deer hunting, right? Sure. But they're uh, the. You know, they log some more area just to the east of our shack, and they've got our marked off or they're going to log some west of our shack. But, you know, I don't, I love it when they log because it just opens up new hunting ground. You can kind of see the lay of the land. And then you got a couple great years of deer hunting. And then in five to 10 years, you have ultimate grouse habitat. So the logging stuff doesn't bother me a bit. They could come and whack down trees all over near our shack. It just makes, I think, uh, for more healthy, better forest, for more habitat for animals. I have a buddy who hunts, and I think in a really similar spot to you. He's up in, right by kind of Hibbing. He's right, yep. he's, yeah, he's really close to that area. And yeah, he says it's pretty tough. It's, it's you, he, being picky is not always a great strategy. Yeah, well, it's like, like that's honest to God truth what I told Rivers. I said, you might not see a deer for 15 years. You better shoot that thing. Yeah, and that, that's something that's a different. Uh, I know a lot of guys are in it for how many antlers you can get or how big a deer you can get or a score. And it's like, well, there are other people that are truly hunting for food. And that's a different, you know, it's a different mindset to me. What? I don't hunt nearly enough to be picky. We hunt, I hunt two days a year. That's yeah. as much as I can get. Our cabin is seven hours away. We get two weekends. I can't take the week off. If I see a deer, I'm going to shoot it. Yeah, because you're in school, and I, my son and I talked about hunting for nine days straight, um, just to not hunt the weekends. It's just, it's not. You have a three week, or you have a three weekend. We have a three, yeah, three or a two full week season. So we were going to hunt like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, and then skip. Do you have three weekends? Yeah, we have three weekends this year, I believe. If it's the same as last year, we're in uh, CWD super high intensive harvest zone yeah we've got in days here bemidji and then north up here zone one is that we only get two weekends but i think we can take two deer this year right two deer hunter's choice i'd have to look it's been intensive harvest for many years and then they curtailed that and then a couple like maybe five years ago they went to a lottery again for antlerless now now it's off the lottery again so I think we can take two hunters' choice. There's a lot of deer where we are. And uh, I was just up at the cabin this weekend, and our, all of our neighbors planted corn. 
There's huge cornfields surrounding us. Nice. Super exciting. So they are going to taste a lot different than I, Jason. Do you? I mean, you your deer. What's I guess main forage? Probably I call them stick and twig deer, but they taste yep, a little that's, different. That's pretty uh, much yeah. It's definitely a different flavor. Um, pine cones. Yep. You know, <laughs> they're eating whatever they whatever they can. A lot of you know they're munching on clover that's popping up on trails and in the woods. Buds, aspen buds all winter and. You know, they get into those big cedar swamps in the winter and and winter it up in there. But yeah, I mean, I guarantee you, every deer that I've shot up there has never even seen a field. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you, you're, I'm always curious because the deer were because I hunt in uh, northern Crow Wing County. Um, are the deer smaller where you're at? I'm, our deer seem to be smaller and, and and almost like rougher. It's like they're they, they got to work at living. Versus, you know, get down in southern Minnesota and they eat corn all day long and, I don't know, they walk around a one-foot circle and they're happy and it, it, their life seems easier. But I don't know about your deer. Do you, do you get a lot of big deer or not really? I mean, yeah, they grow some mammoth bucks up there. Um, I think it's partly they get to, they just get an opportunity to to live long. They get bigger. They have harsher winters, you know, that's you know, Saskatchewan grows those giant deer, a couple hundred pounds dressed or whatever. And yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say they're smaller in general. I, I, I would say our, probably our yearlings, the fawns are going to be a little bit smaller than something you'd find down South. But you know, once they kind of are adults, no, I wouldn't say they're any different size. Okay. I was just curious. Cause yeah, we just don't seem to grow. They just get all taken out by the traffic on 371 up by where you are. So. <laughs> that absolutely could be anything big gets hit by a uh, guy pulling a 620 <laughs> Ranger. They don't, they don't really get like getting hit by any old boats. It's always, it's always the brand new Rangers. I don't want to talk about boat broken boats. What, what happened, Dan? I don't want to talk about it. Dan broke our boat. I, I said, did. I said, R. So, Jason, to repair it. if you had one piece of advice for uh, bringing a young kid out, what would what would it be? Because I want to hear this because, you know, if I'm going to bring my kid out for seven, eight days, it's I got to have some I got to have something to go by. Yeah, it's. I guess I've always just not forced it on them. If if they want to be done hunting or done fishing, for that matter, you know, when we're out. OK, that's it. Yeah, you're you're, you're fine. And then we're we'll go in. That's it. I I mean, I could see Ben getting sent walking home by himself. Oh yeah, my, I don't my. Want, you know you don't want to turn it into a bad experience because it's something you want them to get into and enjoy, right? And you you had brought up like some of the other stuff that I've done, you know, as far as preparation. Um, I haven't bought us anything new yet because especially with the way my boys are growing, they basically get a season out of anything I purchase. So I just scour Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, you know, the local, whatever. And, Oh, you've got a, anything you size up that I know that's going to fit them at some point. I've been, I just gobble it up. That's, <laughs> a, that's a great piece of advice. Cause realistically, what do you use it two, three, four times a season? Your kids outgrowing right. it. It's like my kids Sorel boots. We bought them right at the tail end of the season, and he used them twice. And he went to put them on, and it wasn't even close. I was like, "But you look at that, you know, the orange and the hunting wear. The stuff isn't cheap. So, you know, finding it used and 
use it for a couple of years. I mean, you're right. You only use it a handful of times a year, so you're not using and abusing it. And you turn around and and pass it on to somebody else. Give them a deal on it, same deal you got. Or, you know, I got a few guys I know with kids just younger than mine, so it's just kind of like, here, your kid's going to need this. Why don't you take this? Yeah, that's a good piece of advice, and people should kind of pay it forward too. I mean, even with youth youth guns, they don't use them that long, and then, you know, pass it on. My kid's using the same blaze orange vest that I used when I was a kid. My dad kept all of those. Probably the same tote even. <laughs> Probably. I can, I can see your dad keeping all everything. Yeah. It's not really blaze any longer, but it's still it's still yeah. orange. It's, it's not really, it's it's a not fa- really blaze, it's though. It's a faded fall orange. There's some blood on it. There's some uh, some chocolate on it, probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> There's still chocolate bars in the top <laughs> top pocket. It's right after Halloween, yeah. man. What do you expect? So, I, one, I, I guess I, I should... Uh, do you guys use any, like, scent killers for your kids? Because I just, you know, douse my kids down with scent killer and, and head off to the woods, but... I don't know. Our last hunting experience uh, late in the year, it was we literally shut the truck off, walked up 100 yards, and we made every bit of racket in the world. And there's four deer sitting right at the edge of the field. Well, at least my son saw them. I couldn't see them to save my life. But he saw them in the field. I'm like, they had to smell us. We were upwind from them. I'm like, I don't know if this even, you know, if I'm just food hunting, it's a different, I, I feel like I'm different. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I, I get the scent killer spray and spray down every morning. I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I don't worry about it too much. I guess I just go hunting. Yeah. A little bit like I don't know. I don't go overboard. I don't have special totes and scent killing bags or use a special deodorant or a special shampoo or laundry detergent and just just get some of that scent killer and spray down best we can and go out there and fart and burp and drink coffee and hope for a deer i mean i I just remember the old timer that kind of got me into deer hunting he'd he'd sit up in a stand and have a thermos full of black coffee he'd smoke a carton of cigarettes up there i'm thinking how in the world do you have and he'd shoot a deer every single year like clockwork He'd shoot giant bucks. It's like I, you know, part of me says it's, I don't know. So it's, I it's almost like they want. It's saying. almost like they want to make money off all these products that they're selling us. Well, but it's almost like over the top. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, if you maybe had a little scent killer, and maybe if he didn't smoke Marlboro Reds, it would be a little bit better in the deer stand. But I don't know. He shot deer every year. Those couple old timers and up at our camp have shot quite a few deer, and I don't. Know if I've ever seen them without a cigar in their mouth. Yeah, you know, it's almost like maybe the deer are like, "Wow, that thing smells real weird." <laughs> I'm gonna walk over Let's to go check that stand. out. Yeah, yeah, that's it's awesome. It doesn't smell like human, right? Yeah, they do not smell human at all. I know that. Are you still doing some fishing though, Jason? You're not putting the boat away yet, are you? Oh no, I just had a guide trip yesterday. Yesterday was Monday, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that was my, I've got a client here in town. He summers up in Bemidji and then they, him and his wife winter down in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, him and I probably get in the boat six, seven times every each summer during the last couple of summers. So 
him and I had our last hurrah yesterday. He's got to kind of prep and get ready. His son's getting married in Chicago, so they got to leave leave the area a little bit earlier early. And and he said if his wife sees too many frosts, she loses her mind. So they got to head south. But uh, we had a good time. We went to my one of our little one of my secret honey holes. The lake he likes to fish, and uh, I screwed up the net job on a. 38 39 inch pike and Ooh. we broke the line on that but then he caught one that was well 35 36 inches and then we capped off the season with a 28 and three quarter inch walleye Jeepers. nice what, what's your water temps up there uh Do they start yes, to come down a morning i saw on this little lake i saw 69 degrees but by the time we left it was back up to uh 70 almost 71 yeah they're starting to creep down brainerd was at uh, 72 in the morning and then you know 75 during the day on labor day but uh, my kids jumped in early in the morning and found out you know 72 degree water is a little little chillier than they're used to especially when the air temp is only 65 right yeah yes we had some cold mornings 44 45 degrees there a few days um but you know, it was eighty something here today, and it's supposed to be that for the almost the rest of the week, and then then we kind of see it cool down again. But you know, we're we're at that time of year now where we could see a frost here at any any given any given night. Yeah, start to have. That's very cool. I'm I'm excited because that just means it's getting closer to hunting. It's getting closer to deer season, and then. You know, my favorite sport, ice fishing. Yep. Do you actually do some ice fishing, John? I, I, I tried last year. Last year was a real interesting year. You found some slush? I, you're, I good actually, at, you're good I'm, at slush I, fishing. If, if anyone ever needs to find slush, I will find whatever slush is on the lake. you got that dialed in. Yep. It's I'm, I'm amazing at it. Hopefully this year is not yeah. the same deal. Yep. Last, last year's conditions were less than desirable and... I found myself as I've aged, <laughs> getting a little less ambitious. It's like, oh, it's going to be 15 degrees tomorrow. Oh, cool. I'll, I think I'll go. Maybe I'll try to finally go ice fishing. Oh, it's going to be 15 degrees, but it's going to be 30 mile an hour winds. Yeah, no, I think I'll skip it. But how close are you to wintering in Georgia, though? Uh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> A, it's too hot, and B, it's too hot. No. C, I don't know how to golf. I know how to golf. I just don't know how to use golf clubs. I just use, I shoot them with an AR. It's I don't way, think it's the same sport, John. It's a way easier. <laughs> I, I can drive 400 sport. yards with a 223 blank. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, that's, that's a great skill. All right, Jason, I really appreciate uh, you being on. We're going to take a break here. And, uh, Jason, I don't know if you want to shout out because uh, there's a lot of people that actually asked for you. Uh, we had a very strange phone call about two weeks ago at the shop. Uh, customers looking for you by name and trying to book a guide trip through our shop. We're like, I, so I just gave them your cell phone directly, but I, you know, I know you're still guiding and, uh, and pretty busy with that. So you want to do a shameless plug here? I'm all for it. Oh, sure. We'll give Matt a little love too. you know, uh, me working with, uh, Matt Brewer, North country guide service. Uh, we do fishing. Matt does bear hunts. We do the, wild edibles you know whether it's berries or mushrooms or whatever else is growing we do that kind of stuff uh 
you know, whether it's a fishing trip in summer or winter, or even if you want to get out and try to hunt, I know Matt, Matt, Matt helps, uh, got some people on some of their first grouse, people that never tried that. So, uh, find us on the interwebs, northcountryguides.com or, uh, you know, we're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, open book. If you've got questions on, I'm probably not the world's most foremost on youth hunting, but we got two boys and a little bit of experience. But if you want to know something about eel pout, hmm. uh, I'm a pretty open book. Always willing to share info and pretty much to tell you everything except a GPS point on what I do, how I do it, and why I do it. So find me on there or, or give me a shout and book a guide trip, 218-766-7781. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a bit. Hey everyone, this is Dan from the Iceman talking about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. Now is the time to get your order in for your custom ice rod. Ice season's coming quick. Use our promo code ICEMAN at checkout to save yourself 10% on your order today. And if you're getting ready for deer camp or fall hunting, you got to pick up your new Maluna cooler. It's maluna.com. They're made in Minnesota. Epically cold coolers. Um, use the code ICEMAN for 15% off on your order. And if you're like a lot of us, you're still fishing, you got to check out uh, Freedom Baits' new craws. They're pretty awesome. Hand-poured, high-quality Freedom Baits with the Z.com. Um, the use flukes the code, are legit, too. Yeah, the flukes are legit. The Bonitas, even the big Bonitas right now. Um, use the code Iceman for 10% off in your order. Sorry. How good did I do, Charlie, when I was looking at this picture doing that, uh, that promo? Yeah, that no distraction good. at all. No, yeah. not at all. Dan's been on the, I was the, dialed in. the interwebs. <laughs> I was dialed in. Dan's in a dark place of the web right now. I don't know right what now. this is, but I was. It's a good thing that's not a work phone, Dan. <laughs> so we were just had we had our break. Uh, we had Rylander on first. We were talking about water temps, and he's seeing sixty eight in Bemidji, and I saw 70, 72 in uh, Brainerd, Minnesota. Dan, I'm not able to see water temps right now, John. Yeah, well, I don't know why that is. It's it's weird. Um, because uh, you how come that did, how come that didn't make the Iceman feed on the website? Because it was too I was it was too dark of a place for me to go at the point when we went to. Uh, it was just before our last episode, but just before we recorded our last episode. All right, boat owners out there, I'm guessing most of you have some sort of routine that you go through. When you do routine things like hook up the boat, launch the boat, retrieve the boat, all those little things that you need to make a routine for so that you do it right and you don't forget things, right? You don't follow your routine, what happens? You lose your, you, don't, you launch without a drain plug. I launched right? my boat on Pelican Lake near Breezy without a drain plug and halfway across the lake I realized I was sinking. Yeah, you need those routines. Well, I have routines too and I didn't follow my routines and it was an incredibly expensive mistake. So, this new boat compared to the Bayliner, which of course is what I've what we've been using for the last decade. And with, with a little asterisk, the Bayliner had an IL, so yes. it was it was very short. Yes. So the Bayliner the- was very different beast. When it, when I came home from the lake with the Bayliner, I didn't have to do anything to the boat. I just had to back up into the stall, unhook it, and I was that was it. With a new boat, I have to make sure the boat the motor's trimmed all the way up when I come home because the because your driveway's, my driveway's got a steep grade, so if I don't have it trimmed all the way up, I dig the skag. Ask me how I know. You okay? I'll pause your story. You need to get those rubber mats that take away your curbs. 
That's what I have. It's the most amazing. No, thing it's in the not world. the curb. It's the steepness of the driveway. Oh, itself. it's actually okay. Because so mine is. It the, would dig in before its wheels even yeah. hit. My my driveway dips. You know that. Yeah, too. I've my, been there. Yeah, my wife has broke or she bent another tie rod in her. How whatever. is she doing that? Coming home or leaving? Uh, coming home. So she really wants to get home. Yeah, she hits. The, She's hitting those curbs hard. Yeah, anytime you. So this is her third tie rod, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> she bends them. Just she hits it on you know thirty miles an hour on. A, corner it's I have to buy beefed up I gotta get home I gotta get home I gotta get home it's, just, it's usually because she has to go to the bathroom but I was thinking maybe that would help you I was but. I was thinking that was maybe the case too yeah. no so I didn't follow my routine anyway so I came home from our fishing league which you know I've talked about before and uh, it was Tuesday night and I came home and I was tired and I was sweaty so I left the boat in the street and then it rained so the boat was wet so I left it in the street another night and then another day went by and I didn't put it away. And finally I was like, I'm going to put it away. So I uh, hooked up the boat, got it lined up, got it backed into the driveway. And once I get it backed into the point where my front tires of my truck hit the curb or hit the dip or whatever, I have to stop. I have to get out and I have to drop the motor down, the motor com- down. completely, right? Yeah, all okay. the way down. So you, are, you and I have the exact same strategy. I, mm-hmm. I know where this is going, I think. Yeah, so I had to back it all the way down. But this time, I didn't follow my routine. I got out, and I wanted to check my trolling motor because I've been having an issue where my motor gives me a, a motor not found sim- signal all the time, and it's like, it's like there's an electrical short or something. And I thought, well, maybe I've got, maybe I've got something wrapped around my my uh, prop or something that's giving it a hard time, whatever. So I thought, I'm going to check the prop. I had to check it before I backed it in because my tools get blocked once the boat's in the garage. Okay, so grab the tools out, pulled the prop off. Sure enough, like an inch and a half of fishing line is there. Which like, can wreck that rubber seal on the inside. Yeah. Both Any motor can, you know, they, the line causes defect so and, that's legit you, it was braid i had to cut it away it wasn't i couldn't unwrap it i had to cut it off or whatever get it sewn back up hop in the truck back it up and hear the most awful sound i've ever heard it was a crunch followed by a metal ping and i knew i knew like in my heart i knew how bad i effed up it was just an instant feeling of all of the things that you don't want to have happen happen just now. It was, and it was, it was one of those deals where you're like, I screwed up so bad. There's no recovering from this. Like I've definitely. Do, do you ever, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what, like it, the outcome, but do you ever wish you could just be like, can I just rewind 10 seconds of my life? Oh yeah. Just like, it's so bad. You're like, I can't believe I did this. How stupid I am. But everybody does it. I've had dreams before where I've like, wrecked my truck i don't know if you guys have ever had dreams like that before where like you crash your vehicle or whatever and in the dream you're like oh the, uh, you know this is this is real and you wake up you're like that oh, was so stupid I, obviously that wasn't real this was real this is this really happened so long story short i backed into the garage the, the top of the garage because you have a suzuki and the hood of the motor is literally the tallest thing in the world it's a seven foot garage door which is the almost exactly the height of my windshield so in order to get the boat in, I have to trim the motor all the way down. Yep. And I didn't trim it down at all. It was in stowed in, in towing position. And I hit that thing so... I mean, I wasn't going... 
What in the actual fuck was that? <laughs> that was you back into your garage. Holy <laughs> shit, I thought the garage door in the fucking back shop just let loose and we were being murdered here. Holy Jesus. Yeah, I thought the ceiling fell. You could have warned me, Tom. Guess what my heart rate is right now? Because That was beautiful. 125. You want to get me amped up? That's great. That was that was a scary situation. I just scared. I me literally again. thought the garage door was falling off the shop because I mean weird shit, weird stuff has happened to me lately. So I thought something was. I thought something back there went oh. real bad. Yeah, I thought, I thought, the, I thought the the okay. wheels were gone. Dan, <laughs> continue your story now that so Tom's short, a jack wagon. Short story long. Yeah. Oh, so now, now our episode's no longer child safe. Yeah, sorry about the f bombs, but Tom just scared the hell out of me. Yeah, I literally almost pooped. Myself. Did you know he was going to do that, Charlie? No, not at all. Wow. It was missing the ping at the end, though. I will say yeah, that. that's true. Yeah, that that's, was not the same that sound. That sounded like a garage door crashing through. Something. That sounded like something falling. That was a different sound. This was like a sharp crack with a metal pinging. Anyway, so yeah, I backed in. I I hit the cowling, the top cowling on the on the roof, and on a, on a Suzuki or any outboard, you know, we got the top cowling, which is fiberglass, and then the top cowling attaches to the side cowlings. To, to keep it there, right? Oh, so it hit the it hit the frame of your garage door, the top frame of it. Oh, I thought it, I thought you hit your uh, tool tool bench in the back. No, no, I hit the top frame of my garage door, and it tried to like pry off the cowling. Basically, it tried to it tried to like pry it off. So was anything mechanical broken? No, just just the cowling. But it cracked the cowling. And there was like inside of it, there's like a sound deadening something. There's like a yep. piece of plastic that that broke. But the big damage was it literally ripped the side cowlings away where the two latches are that attach the, the top cowling to the, to the main motor. So it just ripped, it basically just ripped it open. Sounds like a warranty issue to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going fast enough for it to be... Like detrimental. I wasn't going super fast. I was backing my truck in the, you know, it was backing it into the garage. Yeah. But I had enough momentum that it just, it broke it. And there was nothing you could do about it. Well, you you have eight thousand pounds of, you know, truck trailer. I mean, that, that's not damn. If, yeah, <laughs> eight thousand. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have a lot of momentum going back, and that garage door is not going to move. That frame does not even. Dude, the the damage to the garage door is laughable. It's yeah. it's a dent maybe the size of a golf ball. It looks like you shot your AR golf ball at it. Yeah, and you're like seriously, it, it wrecked my motor. So how much? <sighs> so. The cowling is so expensive. It's ridiculously expensive for the cowling. It's a piece of fiberglass. Yeah, but it's like a one-off molded piece. They're crazy. eBay is a good source. And this for happened it. on on like Friday at like four o'clock. So there's no like no one's open, yeah. right? So I tried to get a hold of Lacan and my dealer, and he they were closed. So I ended up getting a hold of another dealer in St. Cloud. And they were able to answer the questions, and they said, "Yeah, you know, we can get these parts. It's going to be about two grand though, for." Wow. For the three pieces. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll submit an insurance claim. So that was my plan. So the next day, was the next weekday, Monday, was my first day back at school for a student, like for a teacher workshop week or whatever. So I'm sitting at my desk, and I call the insurance company. I'm like, yeah, I need to file a claim. I did this stupid thing. And she's like, ah, uh, yeah, um... I'm going to have to give you a call back. I just uh, There's a computer thing. It's just not working right. I'm going to have to call you back. So she calls me back. She's like, yeah, we don't have any records of your boat being insured. Oh, boy. 
I, I was like, are you joking? I, was, I thought you were screwing with us. I was like, you, what? She was, yeah, we have record of you canceling boat insurance in February of 2021, which was when I sold the Bayliner. But you never insured the new boat? we never put the new boat on insurance. We drove that thing for a year. I put 5,000 miles on the trailer. I had students on that boat. Can you imagine the liability that I was carrying around? If anyone would have gotten legitimately injured while I was operating that boat, I could have been financially destroyed. So this is a like a windfall for you. Well, it's definitely a... Uh, uh, a what do you call you it? You got a, grazed by a bullet. Yeah, what's it, the term when it's like... Uh, a near miss? Yeah, there's another one. But yeah, basically all those different things. A it was like bar? one of those things where <laughs> it was, uh, it was a, a blessing in disguise. That's what I'm trying to say. Where... You know, if I would have, if I would never have hit this, I would have just continued to drive a boat without insurance, which, you know, who uses boat insurance? Most people don't unless it's real bad. I'm knocking on wood right now. Knock on that wood. They're crazy because (laughs) my my garage is going to like, I don't know, collapse on my boat right now. So it was, it was one of those deals where I was like, oh my gosh. Well, A, now I have to pay the full two grand, which sucks. That's not fun. But it's it was a like a scary sick feeling to think about the risk like legitimately John you and I were out on that boat I had seven of my students on that boat now, did, now I'm liter- legitimately gonna go check if I have boat insurance because did you did you already buy the new parts and everything yeah it's being fixed right now oh <clears throat> I was gonna say couldn't you look around and see if they have like a like someone else who wrecked their boat and you hey, can are, just you, get that are you saving or? your your they, sides because I so I poked a my I shouldn't say it. I did not poke a hole in my motor cover. My daughter did when we were three or when she was three. And I almost lost my, I've never been mad at my kids like that where it was like blind rage, but she literally trimmed up my motor and put it through my seat. Well, do you remember on the 4th of July, I actually trimmed my motor up into my ski pylon? Yeah. So I already had a crack in the front of the cowling. But I'm, what I'm saying is you probably could repair yours enough if you run the old ones. So I did tell the dealer that once they replace them, I want the old ones back. Yeah, just because, I mean, that's what I did. My, I still run a cracked motor calling. To answer your question, Tom, I did look online, and they had some, but it's a brand new boat, and I don't want to buy a not, you know, a not correct part or whatever and just make it work. So did that... <clears throat> did that... Uh almost make it so you couldn't buy your new deer stand this year it happened <laughs> wow <laughs> so, Dan, I, you know, I, I that's a good that's a good transition right it's there. a Let's fair go. question it's a fair question and probably it would have however i had already bought the deer stand <laughs> your wife must either have be the most patient person in the world or she just is really angry at you at right Look, now. So my she'll, wife, she'll find out after this episode goes up tomorrow. Yeah. My wife is... is oh, she, it's the Ice Men. Just Tommy <laughs> and John ice, now. Yeah. Dan is now gone. Yeah. Rest in peace. Dan is on ice. She was super... She was super nice about it, about the boat, because she, she knew... She could tell that I was sick to my stomach. Like you it were was devastated. It was I, a bad... It, like, it's... I don't know. It was bad. Why yeah. do you why do you park the boat in that st- side rather than the, the single side now? Because it's too long for the single side. Okay. Um, is it is it too wide? Mine's like it kisses the sides of my it's, garage. It's got like two inches of clearance. Okay. I would park it in the single one, but it's it's like two inches too long, so I can't close the door. Can I actually th- thought about notching the the drywall the, out. No, the uh, um, the beam on the do- on the garage door, but I don't think that'd be a good have idea. Have you have you thought about um, just 
putting in some gravel and put it on the side of your house or I don't want to store it outside. It's but fine in that, in that spot. I you, mean, you store it there all winter, don't you? Uh, no, I store it at a, uh, a indoor place in the winter, but I keep it there all summer. It, it would, I would have to trim the motor down no matter where I put it. It would, the garages are all seven feet. I would have to trim down. Have you thought about selling your house? <laughs> I thought about he, a lot of things. He, in this he might have to after his wife just got real expensive. <laughs> she, but Allie was really cool about it. She was, she, she was, you know, very. Uh, she didn't make me feel bad about it, even though obviously it was not a good thing. Hey, Allie, I'll uh, buy Dan's uh, new deer stand for two thousand dollars. Offset the costs. <laughs> it was pretty funny though because I had just bought that new that new stump to the bank's blind, which you get some of you guys who are listening saw in the. I thought it was in, a stump three. Oh, it's a two. Okay. Some of you guys saw in the ridiculous Facebook post of, of the trip up north. That was sitting in my garage or in my driveway, right next to the boat. You live a very different life than me. Well, I had been. So we talked about youth hunting. I've got a son who's ready to start the deer stand. I had didn't have a ceiling. Didn't have. It was an open stand, and we sat out there last year, and it was too small for two people to sit in a chair. Yeah. So he sat down, and I had to stand all weekend. And we got snowed on, and it was cold. And that's that's tough because it was it was warm for us, but we ended up walking around so much. That's where I was struggling with it. So, to wrap that other story up, John, if you want to take a stab at fixing that, uh, fixing that, uh, I kind of do, and I'm going to paint it bright bright pink. That sounds about right. Yeah. No. So I my daughter poked a hole through my motor cover, and I, I mean I got super mad at my daughter, right? And the way those Suzuki covers, if you break a certain spot at least mine, the air ducts are right there. Mm -hmm. Well, if you can't just run them without a cover, because then it's just open, exposed air ducts. So I fixed my, I was real quiet, but I fixed it. And I fixed it well enough that I haven't bought a cover because no one really notices it. And I've been always wanting to buy the paint and spray it, but now I could just use yours. You can use mine. Yeah, buy buy the paint. Yeah, it uh, it was a real bad day. How much are you charging them for it? John, yeah. I'll sell it to you, John. I'll sell you the cover. When, when it's all fixed, I'll Eight, sell it back to you. Eighteen hundred bucks. You put it. We'll, you know what? We'll have a lot of Chris put it on Facebook Marketplace. He knows how to do that. No, I would hang. I would put the once the old ones are fixed, I'd put the old ones back on. Yeah, it was because uh, no, then I always feel if I hit it again, it's like yeah, yeah whatever, matter. right? No, I'll put it, the new ones in the rafters. It's at the shop right now. It's at. Uh, had a joint up in St. Cloud, and they said it should the part should be here. They were it was a deal where I said, you know, if it's cheaper, you know, what's it going to cost for you to install it? Because basically, it's it's no mechanical; it's just putting the pieces on. And I said, if it's super cheap, I'll just do it myself. He's like, it's like eighty bucks for us to do it. I'm like, just go ahead and do it. Is this something that could have you? Could, was the boat still drivable after this? So when I talked to my my dealer, when I talked to Lacan, they weren't confident that they could get the parts. So what they said, they actually had three guys do this exact same thing this year. And what they, what they did is they said, just get some Gorilla Tape and Gorilla Tape the shit out of it. Make the, it so that you can use it for the rest of the year and then bring it to us in the That's winter. what I'm saying. Would it be cheaper in the spring or would it be more expensive no, in the spring? Or? I don't think that. I don't, I don't get the sense that that's the case. <clears throat> it seems like it's like an emergency repair that wasn't really an emergency. but Well, I couldn't drive it as it was. And if I Gorilla Taped it all to hell, then... It would be a harder thing in the future to fix. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm okay with how it's solved. Is it safe to say now that the boat is insured? <laughs> <laughs> I got insured before I drove it up to the dealer. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm not risking this thing again. Smooth move. Gosh, that was so dumb. 
I'll just crash down the way home from the so, dealer. Right. <laughs> I'm not a boat owner. I've never owned a boat. Are you required to show proof of insurance to like a, a dealership when you purchase the boat? Like before you can drive it off a lot? I certainly didn't. Clearly. <clears throat> I mean, are you, obviously are you required to have it on the water? Don't you have like 30 days it, of insurance it, due to like if you have a normal policy? I don't policy? know. Is, is boat insurance a requirement? I mean, I got, I got tabs for it. I got the title. I don't of it. know. I, I, I not, it might not be a requirement. I'm pretty Where sure. Where did you finance it through? Uh, we financed it through a home equity loan. Oh, okay. You did a HELOC with it? <clears throat> See, that's that's the thing is because usually it's like the whoever finances your purchase like that, they're like, we need to see that you have insurance on this thing. <laughs> is boat insurance required in Minnesota is the top search result. So, uh, yes, it's necessary to have it for all boats. <laughs> well, I don't know how I got tabs on it. I mean, I got tabs on it. I got a title for it. No, you, well, you got really lucky. I got so lucky. I mean, it would have been great if they would have caught it uh, when I bought the thing, but whatever. Your students got lucky. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you, no. Seriously, Charlie, it scares yeah. the hell out of me to think of that. Understood. Yeah, you, you just like if you. Jeez, <laughs> you're all about scary today. <laughs> that scared you? It was loud. <laughs> what does this have to do with? I mean, other than they ripped a hole in the side of the boat. Oh wait, <laughs> they didn't have insurance either. Yeah, the SS Minnow did not have insurance. No, otherwise they would have had a search party out there looking for him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know what? If I was that professor getting stranded on a desert island with all kinds of food and ginger and Marianne, I think I would have been completely happy. No cell you phone. You know he could have gotten off there years earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, we'll write it up. So I saw a post <clears throat> online. It said, it said, the SS Minnow was a 1965-whatever and it said its total top speed was 12 knots, so it could have gone in a three-hour tour a total 42 miles. It was like, it's no way that would have happened. Yeah, but they got into a bad storm, so it was probably going That's faster right. than 12 knots. How That's long, true. Yeah, I mean, but they're still, they're not thousands of miles away. Did you guys, no. did you guys ever see the episode where they almost got rescued and then Gilligan messed everything up? Uh, is that all of them? <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that that's season. every episode, Tom. I'm uh, pretty sure that's the entire thing. <laughs> Gilligan's Island is a good show. Yeah, that's good. All so right. anyways, I hope to have the boat back this week. That's my goal. And then I can find out the water temps. Well, they're cooling down. <laughs> I went fishing for the first time in a long time. Yeah, you said you caught yeah. a bunch of bass. Yeah, caught all giant bass, 20 feet of water. Put that picture up right now. The one of my daughter? Yeah. It, in total death fear of uh, uh, getting eaten by a bass. Put that up on the on Do you the, know how to post Facebook on the Facebook page? I don't know how to post on Come Facebook. On, I don't know how to post on Facebook. like, I got people for that. Can I just airdrop you the photo? I no, think that's what I don't have. Gonna, you I can do it. I'll, I'll do it. Producer Tom's producing. I'll even us. let you. I'll, I'll start. I'll put it on there, but then you have to type the caption. Come uh, on, just type it for me. You know, see, this has a location on the photo. I don't want to tell people where I was fishing. Well, then screenshot it. I don't know how to do that. Oh, John, you're the worst. Text it to me, and I'll post it. I already got it. Is that That's not the one that she was super scared, though, is it? I don't know what the hell I'm sending you. You guys think I like I actually have technology. Oh, it's a scent now. Yeah, it's the same picture. Oh, there we go. There, there's the good one. <laughs> it's the same picture. <clears throat> of course I'm sending you the same picture. Oh, I have a better one where she's literally crying. <laughs> My daughter thought it was, she, she went bass fishing for the first time, so she thought it was great to just cast over the side of the boat and set the hook on bass, and then told which we brought one in the boat. I have five pictures, and three, <clears throat> two of them are all the same. There's no, there's no crying picture here. Didn't you see the last is one? Is this one crying? Is that the one you're talking about? No. This the is one. riveting radio here. 
You know, this is, if you could see the amount of effort I'm trying to make in this, I think I just sent you another 10 photos. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. Charlie, song. have you ever had pickle pops? I have not had pickle pops. Was I'm not even sure what exactly that is. What about pickle ice cubes? Pickle sickles. I have had pickle ice cubes, and um, I had an idea once that, hey, let's oh, make really, some. really, Charlie? What was it? Yeah, so <laughs> let's make some pickle ice cubes to uh, put in my Bloody Mary. And it was a great idea, and saw it on Pinterest, of course. And um, Pinterest is the most awful website on the face of the planet for husbands. Yeah, right. I always see something on Pinterest. She's like, I like that wall decor. I'm like, well, we don't have a wall like that. Next thing I know, I'm ripping out the floor of my house to yep. make a wall to make some Pinterest decor. Yeah. So we uh, we followed the directions. You know, you're supposed to strain it and... Um, you know, put them in the ice cube trays, put them in your freezer, did all that, and uh, they turned out great. But the problem was you ruined the ice cube tray, number one. And then number two is that your entire freezer smelled like dill pickles for about three months. Oh, but that sounds awful. It's like putting a dead squirrel in your freezer. Fantastic Bloody Mary, though. Really? Yeah, if you use yeah. dill pickle ice cubes versus just regular ice cubes. Yeah, that's why I don't, uh, don't do that. Never had bloodies. I don't like tomato juice. Really? Yeah, tastes oh, like man. spaghetti sauce. I mean, what else can you have for breakfast? Uh, I don't know. A beer, breakfast burritos. They, we had some fantastic, fantastic bloodies that are at our at our uh, annual fishing trip this year. That uh, Charlie, were, were you the one who brought the zing zang? Yeah, I brought the oh. zing zang. We had Worcestershire sauce. Oh. It was just fantastic. This is not the trip that I got to go on. Green olives. No. Yeah. So this, that's your trip. definition of ice fishing. Jeez, you guys. Well, fish a little different. Than ice I drinking. <laughs> I'm like up at six in the morning. Were you guys in like a super storm too? Yeah, we were in. We we had was that the weekend you tried to go fishing with me? Yes. yes. No. The, well, that yes, we tried to meet you the last night. Yeah, and it was like sixty-five mile an hour winds. I'm like, I am not meeting you. Anywhere. That's why we were drinking bloodies. Oh yeah. yeah, I I was sitting in the cabin. My kid and I were playing uh, Madden '97. He was making fun of all the players on it. No, that was the weekend that we actually literally drove out to the fish house on instruments. There was no. There was no visual conditions to be had. It was just the guides. Only a guy that could fly <laughs> would tell you you're driving on an instrument. We, I would just say I drove like a no, we were, blind person. We were IFR <laughs> on the way up to the fish house. How is Tango Bravo doing, Tom? You mean my flying service? Yeah. It's going, it's going good. Is it? Yeah, I got some. Got a student that's just about ready for a check ride coming up here soon. Going to get his private. And another one of my former students just got to go fly in a King Air. Wow. Doing a little fly along with the uh, with a CEO of a prominent uh, company. I probably shouldn't say who it was, but got to fly down to Iowa. Target? For, for, no, not that Walmart. Well, I'll, 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 no, I'll t- <laughs> John would never get on an airplane. <laughs> actually, I have to get on an airplane. I'm actually uh, terrified. I, my wife is convinced I'm driving. <laughs> I, part of me kind of hopes the plane crashes. Wow, we got to stop that shit. Uh, just, just, nope. just for the sake of the joke. That's not funny. That's How about a- just make sure the plane is insured? Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That's fair. That's fair. It hurts. When, fair. when he takes the wing off, turning around and taxiing, I'll, I'll be like, mm, I'm not, I'm not part of this. So like, yeah. not like crash, crash. Like, I don't want you to die, but like if a wheel fell off and it's like on the news. Did you guys see that uh, C-130 that was circling the Metro all day today? No. I heard oh. about some guy that wanted to crash to a target. That was, that was down south somewhere. And he actually landed in a cornfield and like was no injuries, got arrested. But anyway, no, there was a one of the Air National Guard C-130s was uh, 
doing a holding pattern right around, right, right up in this area, right around like Brooklyn Park, Coon Rapids for a couple hours today, burning off fuel because they had a blown tire and then they went and landed an MSP. Couldn't they activate the emergency fuel dump like in Air Force One? Well, you want to dump emergency fuel over the metro area? <laughs> Let's go back up over my Hey, guys, here's some Jet A for you. So, so <laughs> they, they, uh, I mean, do they have to go, if, if that happens, hypothetically, do they have to drive it till it's pretty much on fumes? Is well, that the thing? <clears throat> I've never operated a C-130 before, so I don't know. Full the, disclaimer. <laughs> full disclaimer. But I, what, I think, what, I think it is, what I think it is is that they're trying to reduce the weight because they know they have a tire issue. So they, oh. don't, they don't want to land super heavy with a blown tire. Gotcha. I didn't know if it was I had because to carry a five a five gallon tank this weekend to fill up a four wheeler. Gas is heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. What is it? Seven pounds per gallon. It's like six know. six and a half pounds per gallon Hang on, for, for 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 av gas. I don't know what it is for Jet A. Let's uh, right let's around look six. It up. Right around we six. We have these things. Six pounds per yes. gallon. Yes. So I know you can't advertise Tango Bravo, but how can people find Tango Bravo? Oh, I got a Facebook page and Tango Bravo Aviation. Yeah. It's got a pretty good logo. Yeah. It's not what I'd have done, but. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> six pounds. A gallon of water is eight point four. A gallon of gas is six pounds. I think it's six point five for aviation fuel because they had because there's lead in it. Literal. Yeah. That's the last leaded fuel out there right now. At least it's low lead. One hundred low lead, <clears throat> which is being replaced. Finally, they finally got a one hundred octane aviation unleaded fuel that just got approved. Twelve dollars uh, per gallon. Why do they still have lead? Is it it's valve issues or is it? It's because they're still running engines from the sixties, and they oh, that's yeah, what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, so they'd they'd have valve issues, and they'd have, uh, <clears throat> you know, they'd have like the, uh, the engines would. Uh, well, they consume not it. ping, but what's the what's the knock? No, <laughs> tink, <laughs> tink, jingle. No, they would uh, pre. Pre-fire, pre-fire, pre-detonate. Yeah, there we go. Pre-detonation. Vapor lock? Pre-detonation. I hate (laughs) pre-detonating. That's why your wife broke her tie rod. She was pre-detonating on the way into the driveway. No, she was grenading that. If you ever saw the way she comes in our driveway, it's like, oh, Lord. Honey, that was a photo finish. Save that Ford Explorer. You need to get her trophy truck. Uh, we've thought about getting our Suburban. She would, she would just run over more stuff. She needs a Raptor. Something with real suspension travel. That'd be crazy. My wife would drive. She would rip that. All over the place. Imagine that. I'd see her going to school and it'd be in midair going across <laughs> the, the school parking lot. They're coming out with a 2023 Ford Maverick Tremor edition now. I think there's a Maverick Raptor too, isn't there? Nope, Tremor. Maybe it's Raptor. No, I think, there is I think definitely it's a tremor. There's a tremor as well. No, there's no Raptor yet. What's what's the Dodge T Rex? Yeah. yeah, that's what we looked at at the state fair. Charlie's a Dodge man as well. I'm a Dodge man. Well, I actually, I told my wife that I needed a new commuter vehicle, so we looked at a Challenger Red Eye. She told me, I feel like this is not a commuter vehicle. There's no way you could drive around in a car. Was that the one you in the haul state fair? So much stuff? stuff? No, 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 no. I just, I, I just want to. I, I don't need any hauling any stuff. I just saw the. Uh, just the ETs for the quarter mile. I thought it was cool. You should get a motorcycle. I'd die on a motorcycle. You ever see the road construction I go through? Motorcycles are a bad idea. Yes. What did you call motorcycles one time? Which I thought was genius, even though I, I a am death a death bicycle. I am a motorcycle rider, and uh, Charlie is a former motorcycle rider. God. What did I call him? I can't remember. <laughs> it was it was the most it, it was the most fitting. It was funny. I loved it. You called it <laughs> the cigarette of transportation. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. 
Yeah. It's fun. Makes you look cool. Definitely going to kill you. No, I don't say definitely. Mm, eh. It's not when you crash. It's, or I mean, it's not. Have you ever you crashed? Crash. It's when you crash. <laughs> I've tipped over. I've never like crashed, crashed. You, I've did, never you li- didn't lay the bike down, though. Mm, no. When you say you tipped over, does that mean like you were stopped and just lost footing? I was like. You Joe Biden did? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yikes. If Joe Biden's listening to this, that was not. I a, was going to listen to this. That's a hilarious. That's a, even funny. It's going to be like this is way, this is way too late for him to be up. Yeah. Yeah. He goes to bed at five thirty, right after the price no, is I've, wrong. I, Bob, I tipped over my old motorcycle, my Magna. I tipped that over going really slow around a corner because they had just put down. Um, they had just put down the uh, chip seal. No, they, rocks. Yeah, they, Sand. they just put down rocks. Like, what do they call it? Gravel? Like when chip they, seal. When they, when they black top and then they put the... Chip seal. That's chip seal? Yeah, that's the little... You're, you're, you just keep little, saying chip seal like I should know what that is. black specks of things yeah. that make the... Yeah, that's called chip seal. No, the rocks, the gray rocks. That's called chip seal. Anyway, what's chip seal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Shit, that is, that, I didn't think it hit the mic stand. If anyone just witnessed that. I think that, that was which, his forehead. Which, uh, it that didn't was gonna, hit me. It was going to hit Dan's forehead, but it actually hit the mic stand and bounced right over his forehead, which that pen is gone forever. Ding. I've anyway. crashed a bike once. Is that why you're a former rider? No, not at all. It was a long time ago. I just give him shit because he sells his motorcycle every year and gets a new one. That's true. Sounds like a professional boater. Yeah, right. You should see my stack of motorcycle license plates. It's pretty impressive. So did you sell yours already now? I did. You used to drive a crotch rocket, right? I did drive a crotch rocket, which we would call sport bike. Sure. Sorry. Some of your listeners would probably be offended. Why? Because um, they don't have crotches? Uh, well, <laughs> we, we were not politically correct. All, I mean, that's true. Most of our people have it's crotches. It's just because if you're a bike rider, you don't call it crotch rocket. Yeah. yeah cause like, then, look, at, look at that sport bike over there. Sorry if you didn't have that. a crotch rocket, you'd be crotchless. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So you had a sport bike. So yeah, he's so had, had multiple a, sport bikes. I've had multiple sport bikes, but, uh, you know, over the course of my motorcycling career, which has been about 22 years or so, I've kind of transitioned from... You know, sport bike to sport touring bike to full touring bike. And so we've had kind of the full gamut. I even spent 12 months on a spider. A spider? A three-wheeler? You looked super, you looked super, like, nervous to admit that. Yeah. Yeah, It's not not a real motorcycle. to say that. I I gave him a lot of shit for the spider. But it's not a three-wheeler either. Yes, it is. It is a three-wheeler. No, no, no. Listen, like, three-wheelers to me is the Honda 250 death machines. Yeah. That's a three-wheeler. What sure. you described is not a three wheeler. Sure, it goes well, super fast, wheels. but it's not the same as the death machine. You got to flip it around, make it way. It's not an ATV, but it's a still a three wheeler. Yes. Okay. Is it a trike? Do you call it a trike with the two wheels up in the front? I don't no, think so. See, it's no. not a trike either, so it's not a death machine. It's anyway. more like the Batmobile than anything. Yeah, they do kind of look like Batmobiles. Actually, I think they're everyone that drives those is really strange. So it was a phase. You, I went back to two wheels and everything's good. So. What did you take to Sturgis? I took a Goldwing to Sturgis. Yeah. Did you ride it out there or did you trailer it with Tommy? We trailered it. Yeah. So you rode out in the middle? Well, I was towing the camper, right? Okay. So there's that. Wait, you're towing the camper with the motorcycle? No. He That's... trailered his motorcycle <laughs> and he towed his camper with his Dodge. Correct. You don't, you have, do you have a toy hauler camper? No. God, no. So Tom, so Tom towed your bike out. I towed my motorcycle by myself because my Maverick... Couldn't handle well. It could have, but it would have been right at max capacity. With a, we only had access to a uh, two axle trailer that was like 
almost 2,000 pounds and then another 2,000 pounds of motorcycles. It just would have been. Don't you completely? I thought you had a 4,000 pound towing radius. Yeah. You don't want to go max capacity going through the Black Hills. Anyway, yeah. I towed my motorcycle. Charlie's friend Kyle towed his motorcycle and Charlie's motorcycle. He must not have a Maverick. No, definitely not. Dodges. He has a Dodge as well. So you got a Hemi in it? <laughs> oh, yes. Is it a 6.4? No. Is it so, a Dodge or is a it a 5. Ram? It's a 5.7 Charlie, how many motorcycles have you owned in total? Do you, do you have the statistics on that? Yeah. 17. 17 in 22 years? Yes. <laughs> I have owned a lot. five vehicles in that same amount of time, and I still own four of them. So you sold your Goldwing already? <laughs> I did sell the Goldwing after I came back from Sturgis. So what are you going to get next year? I don't know. It just depends on the month, and it depends on how I'm feeling that day. I, I know guess. what you're getting already. Do you really? Yeah. What is it? You're getting a Harley. No. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. I, know I will you, say this. Though. I know you are. That's the only bike I have not owned. You've had Harley Davidson. I've really? Had Hondas. I've had Suzuki's. I've had Yamaha's. Have I've had never owned a, Never owned a Harley Davidson. How about an Indian? No. That's what I want to ride. It's like a 30s Indian. We got an invite out in Sturgis to stop by a local prominent motorcycle clubs uh, clubhouse here in the metro in in the cities. Who which I won't one, name. Which one? Is that the patch you sent me? Hell's Outcast. <laughs> Is that the patch you sent me? The patch? You sent me some patch that you said I got invited to join this group. What? You sent me a picture of their patch. Is it Hell's Angel or Hell's Outcast? Anyway, it was a prominent motorcycle motorcycle club that we got invited, but they only allow you to be on a Harley Davidson. That's correct. So I think yeah, because they beat the shit out of you if you're on a Yamaha. I feel so like Hell's Angel. I feel like Charlie. I feel like Charlie might convert. <laughs> You were legitimately by Harley. Just you were eyeballing him pretty hard out there. I think you might. Would they let you go in with an Indian though? That's kind of like no, no. It's got to be a Harley. There's probably a a misconception out there that you can own any American-made motorcycle, but it's not the fact. The fact is, it has to be a Harley Davidson and nothing else. That makes sense. Yeah. So you buying one? No. Maybe. I always wanted a motorcycle. I was actually searching four-wheelers earlier, so I might look into a four-wheeler. Hondas make nice four-wheelers. Yeah. And not get a motorcycle? Maybe. Maybe I'll get both. I don't know. Uh, do you, do you have, like, are you married have, like, four kids, or how do you not just, like, buy and sell motorcycles? And Well. Can, can we tell them what you do, Charlie? Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Right. So Char- Charlie and I started off our careers in EMS together in the dispatch center, and now he's up in what I like to call upper management. Yeah. Upper management. That sounds derogatory, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) So Charlie is the number three ambulance manager. I don't know if you want to say where you work, but... North Memorial. No. At a large urban service. A large urban EMS service. He's the number three there. Would it be one of the level three trauma centers? Uh, Level one trauma center? Level one trauma center. Yeah. Oh, so all he does is plug people's bullet holes all the day long? So there's... Two trauma centers, correct? Uh, there's three level one trauma centers in the metro. Are there? Yeah. There's Regions, there's North Memorial, and there's Hennepin County. And he's one of those. You're one of those three, but you're not North Memorial anymore. And the other one doesn't have an ambulance service. <laughs> so we've narrowed it down to one choice. On that note, we shouldn't uh, Now tell- he's the number four. But then also, Charlie has a kind of a other cool job. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. Yeah, so Your I recently gig. picked up a side hustle as a death investigator for... Uh, the for county we're currently in. Yeah. <laughs> a death investigator? Yeah. It's actually really interesting work. So, like, you go out and investigate... <laughs> Is it kind of... People that have died, yes. He works for a medical examiner, and he goes yeah. out and does the initial 
work up on like on, autops uh, not autopsies before the autopsy right correct. you're like a scene investigator so correct. you're not like crime scenes you're like grandma had a heart attack Let's crime scenes too yeah any death in 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 any death in the county has to be reported and Anoka? it has to be cleared yes or are we in Anoka Anoka county? county here yeah yeah it's not that i mean if you were in hennepin you just that's a different well they have their own medical examiner yeah. do you work with the county. bca no because Dan has a good friend that's a BCA investigator that goes up to crime scenes. He's a forensic scientist. Oh, sure. So BCA. you may run into him in the future on some scenes investigating some... He runs the crime lab and the, the gun, like the ballistics lab. He's gotcha. a huge dick. Watch out for him. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'll be sure to watch out for that guy at the BCA. His name's Samsonite. <laughs> well, that's funny. Well, that's pretty neat. I yeah, mean, so that's If fun. you like to look at dead people, I guess. Well, you know, that's one thing. But it's really more of the... Uh, you know, kind of trying to piece together all the information that you have and, you know, making a determination. So tell, like them about those, your, tell them about your other side hustle that hasn't paid off yet. How many side hustles does this guy have? Oh, man. He's a bike sales. I'm busy. This, I'm one, busy. this one also involves dead people, though. <laughs> is whoa, it, is whoa, it, whoa, Is okay. he committing Time murder? Out. Is yeah. he murdering people? Is he a hitman? I don't know. Is this one secret? I don't know what we can talk about or not. Yeah, I don't know if it's a secret, but it's certainly something that, uh, you know, it's hard for people to grasp the concept of. So uh, there's, a, there's a group of people out there who believe that someday... Uh, you know, you're in the, a cult. The technology. Yes. This guy's in a cult. Okay. There are some people out there that you know. There's a group of people out there that think that someday the technology will exist that will, cryogenics. Like, yeah, exactly. So like they could so come like, back. Uh, right? what, what's that movie that uh, Sylvester Stallone was in? Demolition Man. Were they in the hockey pucks? Cryogenic mm, hockey pucks. Was, any, was it Demolition Man? I think it was Demolition Man, wasn't it? And Sandra Bullock, and they didn't know how to. He didn't know how to use the three cones. Yeah. Which I, I can picture myself in 20 years. I'm going to be that guy. And I'd be cussing and trying to get toilet paper out of the machine. Um, Sorry. That's Demolition can, Man. I don't know if it's Demolition yes, Man. Yes, with Wesley Snipes. It does have Wesley Snipes, but is it Demolition Man? Anyway. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking it up right now. So do you have a freezer full of dead people in your house? I, I do not. I do not. But, but there, is a, there is a facility in the upper Midwest that actually houses people. Um, and they pay huge amounts of money to have this procedure done. And so they will be cryogenically frozen and kept like, you know, sub 300 degrees below zero. And Isn't uh, like Walt Disney, doesn't he have his head? I heard, I heard There's a, a bunch of famous people. I heard a rumor that the entire reason that Disney made the movie Frozen was so that the first thing you Googled when you looked up Walt Disney Frozen was not like Walt Disney being cryogenically frozen. <laughs> Maybe that's why they named it Frozen. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the whole reason for the movie Frozen is so that... The, not the movie, but like the name of it. Because it was going to be called the Ice Queen. Just let it go. Tom. That was the original. <laughs> well played. Let it go. Well I like it. I liked it. Uh, how does this story of cryogenics involve you and making money? Well, yeah. So um, uh, basically, I had reached out to a person who was uh, with the cryogenics organization, right? And um, they were looking for paramedics, which I am. And, um, you know, looking for people that were versed in, like, emergency kind of care. And um, it's... It's very interesting work. It's uh, definitely is it demolition man. Is it demolition man? It's demolition okay. man. That's yeah. like one of my favorite all-time movies because apparently everything that movie, pretty much everything has come true. Really, including the Taco Bell, like the like being the king of fast food. 
That was really messed Except up. Except for the me. cryogenics, that's a total hunk of shit. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know that, right? You should have heard how much I grilled him when he got this job. I was he, he up his butt so about wait, this job. You, do you like prepare people to be cryogenically frozen? Uh, are so, they alive or dead? So they're they're dead. Okay, right? I was yeah. just curious. So if they are a member of this cryogenics institute, so it's a um, cult. Uh, yeah, it's a cult. No, it's, like a it's not a cult. It's like a, it's like this a person. Is the, this bank. may be the most interesting <laughs> Let podcast. Let the guy talk. I've already interrupted saying, him nine times. Okay. Demolition yeah. Man? No, I'm just saying this might be the most <laughs> interesting podcast. Do we have to podcast. make two podcasts? Do we have to make a Jason Rylander and then this one separate? <laughs> no. No. Because I don't... I don't know how this is. These two. It doesn't videos. matter. Who go cares? ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, uh, once uh, once the member has died, basically uh, the crowd, the, cryogenics free- team. Yeah, I, just, I just want to. Is there gold members in this? Do you, do you actually <laughs> do you actually freeze the member? No, but we prepared them for transport so for freezing at a later time. So you're talking about something. The, else. the member doesn't get to get frozen. <laughs> now he gets it. I see what you did now there. Now got it. Yeah, it's I'm a little slow on the uptake, but I got member. it. Tom. Yeah, so these people pay huge amounts of money to have these procedures done, and then they're sent to a, uh, a facility in Upper Midwest. And there's a few of them around the country, but yeah. And you live in Minnesota, so I assume that it's not that far away from here. It's not that far away. It's about a 12-hour drive to the northeast. And they just leave them outside. The northeast. <laughs> because it's so cold up there. So it's got to be Upper Michigan then. Wow. You're a geographical master. <laughs> anyway, so... What if you die in the desert and you've already paid like 100 grand for this? You got them throughout the country. Uh, there's actually a facility in Arizona. But, like, what if you're in the Sahara? Okay, so... Does your family get the money back? Like, if you show up all melty? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, Dan. So are Sorry. you working... For, are you, so you said you don't know if it's paid off yet. Is that because you're working for cryogenic freezing? He hasn't gotten a member, a member to freeze yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's actually because, I mean, uh, you know, the, the world of cryogenics is not like huge and, and widely known. And there's some people, obviously skeptics that don't agree with the science behind no. it and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's hard to imagine, but, um, yeah, so like, there's not like, you know, you know, half the population in Minnesota is a member of these cryogenic, you know, institutes. So, um, there's like three or four in the state that, you know, once they get to a certain age or something's going on, then we, we basically watch them and kind of follow and monitor their progress. You're just then, walking behind them with like bags of yeah, ice. just waiting. Yeah, just waiting. <laughs> He's coming. He's gonna do this. It's gonna be soon. You're Dan, I, I wouldn't fall asleep around this guy. Yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> how uh, how could we get Maluna involved in this? The cooler company. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll Dan, tell you this. Do I, not I, take this the wrong way. But there's no Maluna big enough for you or I. No, no. I'm hold not, on. Hold I'm on. Hold on. This. Because listen, this is. The, I found this out from Charlie as well. The 120 court. No, you got the option of whole body or just the head. That is true. Dude, then I could come back as like the Futurama people in the old glass yeah. jar. Yeah. The whole movie Futurama is, is show is about cryogenics. That's the whole point of the show. Yeah. They actually call it a neural separation when they remove the head from the body. Ooh. Yeah. I know a guy who had his entire body cut off. All that was left was the dick. Jeez. Yikes. <laughs> well, entire, now we have to edit this show. The entire body was cut right off. Wow. Yikes. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. So are you, are you working on credit? Are you getting store credit? Uh, no, actually not. No. But, um, you know, the whole cryogenics um, kind of movement is based in kind of uh, they're waiting for people to help fund, you know, so they rely on donors and, and that kind of thing to, to help fund the, the progress of the institute itself. Wasn't idiocracy about that, too? No. They weren't cryogenically frozen? No. That was just about future people are dumb and they're, all they care about is social media. Yeah, but some guys come from now and go there oh, and they're like, they rule the world. That could be. 
Oh. Yeah, there's a there's a few different cryogenics companies out there too. I think there's like three main ones in the in the country. So Tasty Freeze. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Arctic Circle. Freeze are us. <laughs> Maluda. And coming to you soon is Maluda. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep your head frozen for twenty five years. Garrett, I, I want a piece of that, Garrett. I would like this. to be in a teal cooler personally. <laughs> a teal cooler. Not the uh not the Desert Tiffany Star Blue. Blue. Nope. Nope. A teal one. I want to be the in Blaze Orange, so they don't forget me. Dan, you're always in Blaze Orange. That's fair. I, I hope you have like 20 of those t-shirts. I do. I have a lot of these It's shirts. not Blaze anymore, though. No, it's kind of a burnt orange. <laughs> it's got some chocolate stains in it. Uh, it does. I can tell you what you ate for and pit stains. three days. Ouch. <laughs> this is a newer one. Don't be shy. Just open the thing. Don't worry, just, <laughs> just open the things and dumps out the... <laughs> do you guys oh, want I'm... to talk about like fishing? Or... No, I'm just... This is way more interesting, yeah. Charlie. Oh, okay. I hope we didn't give you too much hard time. No, not at all. Get... Charlie, do you like to fish? I do like to fish. All right, that's uh, been a great show, guys. <laughs> uh, I think we're at like hour forty-two. We should have done a two-part episode. Maybe we will. This was should a we weird, this weird episode. To be perfectly honest with you, I, we could do a short and a long. Who cares? Let's just put it all out there. Who cares? <laughs> it's, it's fun. Dan's thinking about freezing his member. Yeah, the short and the long one. <laughs> you guys are. You guys got some things in your brain. It's weird stuff. It's actually just full of cobwebs and whiskey right now. You, can, you said you don't drink whiskey anymore. I do drink whiskey. I don't drink beer anymore. Oh. I, Thanks I, for saving some for us. I cannot. I I can't give up whiskey yet. Whiskey's so gross. I try to. It's gross. I got my new Camp Chef uh, griddle. How'd so, that work? Oh, fantastic. This thing is legit. Now, how is this thing compared to, like a let's say, a, a Blackstone? Or it's better. There's other types of no, you know, griddles out there. Well, so most people, when they get a new grill, the advisable thing to do would be to like cook one or two hamburgers yourself or try it out, make sure it works. Nope, I went full nuts to butts and... You le- cooked that? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. No, I legitimately assembled at, at 3 o'clock, cooked 40 hamburgers and buns and onions and bacon and everything else on it and proceeded to feed half my neighborhood in the next hour. So what's the cleaning slash uh, um, seasoning process after So that? they were pre-seasoned, but we had to wash it with uh, like a, some kind of cleaner to get it cleaned in, or like a, not a uh, degreaser, but they said just clean it. Well, the problem is that griddle weighs... Legit 100 pounds. So I had to try to drag it in my house, which didn't work out so well. My, so my wife sprayed it with Dawn dish soap and rinsed it off and then fired it up. And But it was awesome. So what about I, after the fact, though? You just scrub it and then... I, I just put a little bit of uh, like canola oil on it and then wiped it with a paper towel. And but what about all the, like the burger, oh, burger... You just buy the Camp Chef scraper and just like scrape it off and then wipe it in the pan and then you throw away the pan. Mm, nice. Camp Chef's legit. And people are like, oh, you should save the, the little grease tray every time. I'm like, no. When you fry, <laughs> like tallow. When you do- fry a pound of bacon on there and then you fry another pound of bacon, you have literally a, it looked like a stick of butter in the little tray. And I just decided to throw it out. But do you see we that should guy? make like bacon candles. I thought about that. <laughs> Think of the smell. Actually, uh, the smell. I, I cooked fish this weekend. and I You use that for fish? I haven't yet. I cooked it on a different grill. Um, I will use it, but you can put you could put a cast iron pan cast iron on, it. on it. That's what yeah. I'm. That's kind of why I bought it. So because it actually the griddle keeps a lot more even cooking surface. But I used 
bacon grease to cook my fish in. And it was top-notch the best fish I've what ever had. What kind of fish? Uh, it was three crappies and two walleyes. Nice. As long as it doesn't taste fishy. Uh, it did not. It actually tasted like bacon. It actually tasted like bacon chicken strips. Mm. Mm. It was Sounds amazing. Sounds a good fish. Yeah. Dan has a camp chef. <clears throat> I have a camp chef. And uh, I just bought... I haven't picked it up yet. It's it just got I just got the call that it's ready, but I just bought a whole hog. That's did you really? Yeah, one of one of my one of my coworkers is a is a farmer, and this is my third one that I bought from him. So I'm super stoked. This is the first year I've bought the whole hog that actually have had a camp chef to do some. Le- do you get smoking. do you get like a lot? What is it all processed? It's not just yeah, it's like all, a, it, okay. No, it, I didn't know if you were like making a spit and we're going to no. roll on our own. <laughs> no. I'm all for that. I, I would be too, but no, I'm not that advanced yet. But no, it's all processed. It's at the it's at Petty Brothers up in Annandale and it's ready to be picked up and I'm stoked. How much bacon is in it? Lots. Like bacon forever. Is it pre-sliced? The bacon? Yeah. Yes. So I paid to have the bacon processed, smoked. The only, the only processing, like when you... I had, I had it all butchered, but the only processing that I had done was bacon and ham. I had the ham smoked and I had the bacon pre-cooked and smoked. And then the rest is going to be like racks of ribs, pork butts, and then just an infinity of pork chops. And then the full pork loins. Pork chops are so good. And I got the ham hocks too. So I'm going to make some ham and bean soup. Oof, yum. Sounds good. <laughs> wow. Camp chef's legit. We, this has been an episode where we went from deer hunting to now grilling. If we, and, and, to dead, grilling. and freezing people freezing and hockey people. If we knew anyone who worked for Camp Chef, uh, hey, come look us up. Mm-hmm. Be a good, he'd be a great sponsor for us. Camp Chef would be a good sponsor. We should yeah. do some video work with our Camp Chefs. Yeah. Full disclosure, my wife works <laughs> for the company that owns Camp Chef. <laughs> <laughs> We actually were out at the Camp Chef headquarters in Salt, in uh, just north of Salt Lake. Did you Logan. get to meet Guy Fieri? No, but I have a pizza a pizza uh, board that's signed by him. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. So it was uh, it was really cool. Actually, we got to go out there um, and tour the facility and see their like R and D department. They uh, they just came up with a new grill called the Ascent, I think it is, or Apex. I think it's the Apex. Where it's a smoker. John, you should sue. <laughs> yeah. Is that a registered trademark? <laughs> of pinnacle of performance? I tried to get you to register some names, and uh, that never happened. But nope. there's, an so. Ape- there's an Apex tuned up rod, Charlie. I don't know if you knew that. Oh. I actually did know that. Okay. And I'm actually surprised that he hasn't been sued for the use of the word Vulcan as well. Well, it was better, better than the juggernaut. That's what <laughs> you I wanted. the juggernaut. <laughs> I have a juggernaut. You fought for the juggernaut. I have a juggernaut. It doesn't matter. I made my own decal. The Apex is sweet, though, because it's a smoker that has a propane attachment, so it's a it's a literal propane grill and a smoker in one. So oh. it's all on the same surface, then? Mm-hmm. It's the same enclosure. <clears throat> because you have you and I have the same, pretty much the same setup. I have, I have the... You have the Woodwind I have 24. the Woodwind 24, which is the smoker grill itself, and then there's the Sidekick, which has, you know, like a propane... I have, the seal, I have the sear box instead, yeah. but yeah, the, the Apex is legit, and they have a new one that they've got under wraps that I can't talk about. I got to see it. It was all the guys there were literally geeking out does about it, it. Does it cook meat? <laughs> it cooks meat. <laughs> it's a griddle grill slash infinite smokers something or other. So one of the, if you ever look up like pellet grills, like smoke, like best smokes or whatever, like if you've ever looked that stuff up, one of the knocks that pellet grills have is they don't 
get as much of a smoke flavor as an offset grill. You know, like the big mm-hmm. like, barrels yep. or whatever. Which yeah. I find to be untrue, but okay. That's that's one of the knocks. This new product is designed to um, combat that. And if you ever need pellets, by the way, Kirkland pellets at Costco, legit. Camp Chef pellets are better. They're good too, but then you have to order, you know, get a local shop or something. Yeah, Tom has smoked a lot of meats, so he knows. <laughs> I can't. He smokes them. You freeze them. So we got we got both gamuts going here. <laughs> Frozen members. This episode's going to be edited into a part one. At least he said he didn't are. say I smoke members. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joanne. <laughs> That's his mother-in-law. <laughs> I don't know if she still listens. But. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, Camp Chef's legit. I'm glad you like that. Oh, here we go. Good lord. <laughs> I won't play the rest of it. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. My kids listen to this once in a while. They won't get that. Ben might get that. Ben will get it. Ben will get that. <clears throat> He's in the D's nuts phase. <laughs> That's which a great time. Apparently, oh, is Charlie always almost lost it. He almost <laughs> lost it. Oh, I remember uh, that phase. That's why I almost well, choked on what I was he, drinking. Here's, here's the best thing. So we were at Subway a couple Fridays ago, or Thursdays ago after football practice, and he was just being goofy. And he's like, Dad, Dad, you know what the best thing about this is? He's like, D's nuts. And he slapped me in the in the junk. <laughs> I had everything. I was like laugh crying because it was funny. But then I'm like in sheer pain, and there's like 30 people in line who witnessed this, and I'm like, I can't believe he just he, he's got a full on sack tap. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, did that hurt? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, did it? Yeah, really, it really hurt. Junk. And I was not expecting it. And you have a cup on, so it didn't work for me. You should ask him if he's ever heard of Psycho Squirrel. <laughs> have you heard of Psycho Squirrel? Jesus. <laughs> yes, he, he went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, but I I hear the D's nuts jokes all the time now. So is he aware of like the origin of where D's nuts came from? No, it's just somebody at school, some kid who just all of a sudden says. Did they D's descend nuts. from your abdomen? Well, yes. <laughs> when you're a youngling, they came from D's nuts. <laughs> Sorry, what, let's, what? let's hear. Sorry. I want to hear. I don't I don't know the origin of story I'm of D's nuts. I'm shocked that you don't know this, Tom. I mean, you're such a music Why aficionado. Why do you have two cell phones? One's wearing one's work phone. For the, one's for the frozen people. <laughs> oh, it's a frozen oh. alert. I have a work phone and a personal phone. Oh, so I have a work phone and a personal phone. Yeah. He has no personal life. Exactly. Yeah, where's your flip phone? That's Someone literally, a customer called me ten minutes ago. It's ten thirty on a Tuesday. There are people that sleep. Hey, it's hey, nice to have business. Jobs. Let's call them on the air. No. <laughs> that was a hard. <laughs> Tell us about these nuts. Uh, yeah, so it was actually uh, part of a sound never clip from the from a Dr. Dre album. So really, yeah, like a long time ago, like Dr. Dre. Original? Well, yeah, like I think that album came out like in 1991 oh. with Snoop Dogg and you know and all that. So yeah, it was part of the. That's funny. Yeah, Let's see how fast Spotify. So I assume you've it. never heard of the ten thousand dollars sack pyramid. No, I'm okay. how, also, deep is, how deep have you gotten on this okay. rabbit hole, Charlie? Wow. Also, in 1991, you got to remember I was still eating crayons. <laughs> wow. Legit. 2009, you were still eating crayons. Okay. You right. still eat crayons. Uh, hey, so I teach. Pick up, the album, pick up the album The Chronic by Dr. Dre. <laughs> I think it's about Listen to Listen to it from front to back. You'll know about the $10,000 sack pyramid. Okay. Or the $5 sack pyramid, I'm sorry. And then you'll also be exposed to these nuts. Huh. Which nuts? 
Jeez. <laughs> D's nuts. Yeah. Hey. So. Should we wrap I it up? I hope my fourth graders are listening to this. <laughs> I know. It's just one of those things like... I they hope they're, they all have probably heard the chronicle. They, they better not because you're going to get sued from multiple parents about that insurance issue, so... Oh, no <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> Nothing happened, but I'd like to sue posthumously. <laughs> Wait, posthumously means you're dead, right? Yes, that does. So then exactly they definitely what it could means. sue. We, they could freeze you, and then you could get sued a bunch of times. They're like, look, guys, we can settle out of court. We for actually some just wrapped up this episode yeah. and and went full circle. Like this, all made sense. Yeah, it's like it was meant to be. I don't know if there's anything meant in to be these nuts. <laughs> Good lord, Charlie! Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad you put the mic up. It was good. Jason, thanks for calling in earlier. It was nice to talk to you. John? Dan, I think uh, Tommy already muted you, so. (laughs) That's probably fair. (laughs) Tommy? Dan? Charlie? John? Maybe two more weeks? See you then. Doubtful. We're going to record one tomorrow. We're going to record one right now. Yeah. Part two. These nuts.